Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 183 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist, and I run the firm Real Employment or Advice, where we provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law. Now, in this episode of the podcast, I'm really excited to bring you an interview that I did recently with Nicola Green. Nicola is a menopause champion, championing menopause in the workplace. Her passion is to empower people with knowledge, support and understanding on menopause. And in this episode, she brings some great practical tips for employers to consider and introduce in the workplace. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content. So thank you very much for joining us today, Nicola. Do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do? Yes, certainly. Thank you for asking me uh, to join you on your podcast today, Alison. Um, It's a pleasure to do so. My name is Nicola Green and I run my own consultancy business, helping organisations address menopause in the workplace. And I would say I do that in various different forms, but literally they seem to sort of follow the same pattern. So really by opening up the conversation, removing any taboo that might be there around menopause and making it comfortable is how I really like to ensure my work is. And that leads into sort of various different things. So really starting with what I call an informative and supportive presentation, which is a presentation open to all ages and genders. And I'm pleased to say I get all ages and genders attend because menopause will directly potentially impact a female going through it but there's also a a huge knock-on effect to those closest to her. Following on from that we often uh, provide manager training. Again I think you probably appreciate some of the feedback out of an informative session is how do I approach my manager when I want to talk about this topic. So for me manager training is, is also really important. It isn't about training managers to become menopause experts and it's certainly not about telling managers how to do their jobs but once again it's about giving them confidence ensuring they're approachable and really giving them lots of information so that they have knowledge of this topic and it can be understood Um, so they're sort of the two fundamental ways that I start working within the workplace to open up this topic. That's fantastic And, and how long have you been doing this for Nicola? Two and a half years now after a 20-year career in law, so something completely different. Yes, absolutely. And so what led you to changing your career path and moving into the menopause support in the workplace? I think for me, it was a personal um, change to start with. So for me, I went through an early menopause myself, which started at the age of 32. It was only really at the age of 38 when I probably fully accepted what was happening um, because I personally reached kind of my own breaking point with menopause itself and decided to go on to HRT. So for me, that was a personal choice. But what that allowed me to do from that moment on was really to rebuild myself as a person, I would say, 
my early menopause had had quite an impact on me and my home life as such and it was about rebuilding and the rebuild and the self-care and everything else that I put in place around the age of 38 led me to also make quite a drastic career change which was to leave my very good job in law and wonder what else was out there in the world for me somehow and for some reason I felt empowered just to to go and try something else I didn't know what that was going to be but um, my role was an operations manager and I thought that I'd probably go into an HR role that was sort of how I spent my days supporting people and ensuring their working days were better or as good as, as I could make them so I started a course with the CIPD and I would say within a few weeks of my course out came the literature menopause in the workplace it was still to be what were we doing about it and I'd probably describe that as my light bulb moment and it was that moment and probably the preceding weeks thereafter where I just kept going over it oh my goodness this is such a thing I've lived through it I've held down a career through it I brought up a young family through it and now maybe I want to try and see if I can open this up in the workplace. I knew it was taboo in most workplaces and, and thought, you know, maybe I could do something about it. So I marketed it. I drafted a presentation. I practiced it. And then the work started. So a completely different change, but an extremely exciting one at the same time. No, and it sounds like timing wise, you couldn't really have got any better because it's only been in the last sort of two to three years, hasn't it, that menopause has really been a subject that's come to the forefront and is being talked about a lot more more widely, I, I suppose, than just amongst women who are going through the menopause. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say this year has been a huge turn in the conversation. So in 2019, when I started and the conversations I was having with employers about, you know, the benefits of flexible working, helping um, women go through menopause and so on and so forth. And, and really also talking to them back then that I kind of felt then that, you know, there was still obviously a choice to address this. I mean, there's still a choice now, but I believed, I would describe it as I believe this was a thing. And that's how it started out, me believing that this was a thing that really needed to be understood and addressed and supported in the workplace. And now in, here we are, 2021, it's, it's definitely a thing. It's out there, It's whether it's in social media, whether it's being talked about by celebrities, whether it's being addressed in the workplace. It's a conversation now that has definitely shifted since 2019. But, you know, more and more organisations are understanding the need and the want to support their employees during this time. And that leads me nicely on to, to my next question, which is I always like to ask employers and, and HR professionals are very busy. They've got lots of things to consider. They've got lots of um, legal obligations and minimal, minimum legal requirements that they have to fulfill. So why should they be considering dealing with a menopause within the workplace now on top of their already heavy workload? Yeah, absolutely already heavy workload. But I think there's now the understanding, I think the, you know, the stats are out there of, you know, the menopausal women are the fastest growing demographic in the workforce. Um, we want to keep those women in work. There's a there's a huge risk to an organisation or the employer of, you know, having women in work who've maybe been there for years, they've trained them, they've invested in them, they're at the top of their game. And 
And then often menopause can come along and often I would call it the unknown menopause. Women aren't educated on this topic. So when these symptoms come along, often they don't understand what's happening to them. Now, that can lead into lack of confidence and can lead into women feeling that they can't continue doing the job that often they love any any longer. So for a workplace, there's, there's various reasons why they are now looking into this. One is to obviously keep those women in work. They don't want those women leaving that workplace. And often many women will do that with no explanation as to why. Also, there's a huge thing around sick leave. There's definitely, again, an unknown sickness record within organisations of the sick days taken for women. Now, some women would not phone in sick and explain why, particularly if they were suffering, you know, maybe from a horrendous period or something like that through fear of being judged. So not only is there a staff turnover cost to an organisation, there is also a sickness leave cost to an organisation. And I always like to add in also the misdiagnosis cost. So as I mentioned earlier, we weren't educated on this topic. I always say in my presentations, you know, at school I was educated on puberty and reproduction. And when I had children, I had a midwife and house visitors to guide me through. But when this came along, there, there wasn't anything. So it's also a cost of misdiagnosis. Women who are sometimes signed off work with anxiety and depression um, when actually it's relating to menopause, but we're not educated, so we don't understand what there is. So there's many benefits to an organisation, and they're the first ones, you know, that I would mention now. Addressing menopause in the workplace can help alleviate some of those. No, absolutely. And um, of course, you know, there is always, as we were saying earlier, the, the legal risk potentially of of um, not addressing these issues in an appropriate way. But I think that would be behind everything else that you've you've just said. So in terms of the sort of practical things, what's the first step for a business or organisation who's thinking, well, actually, this is something we want to address and we do want to look into it. What are the first steps would you advise someone to take? Well, the first steps I always advise them to take is is kind of what I call that door opener, that door opener to make it comfortable to start with. Some organisations will come to me and say, we're just writing our policy and we want to speak to you about how you can support us. Now, for me, I would say the policy comes at the end of opening this up. So we open it up, we put it out there to everybody and we start to make the conversation comfortable. That's sort of the first step I tend to take. The follow on step to that is training managers. Then you've kind of covered as many of the workforce as you can. What we can then do from there is then start talking about policies and procedures and any practical adjustments, because what you'll find is from the feedback and even the knowledge share within those talks, that organisation will start to learn what will support its own employees. So policies need to be bespoke to that organisation and um, whether there needs to be risk assessments as well, um, they can always come into play thereafter. And what I always do with organisations as well is, you know, offer additional support groups. So I also run, you know, knowledge share groups 
And these are really just for those women going through it. So we've opened up to everybody. We've trained managers. And now we're going to continue supporting um, those who are going through it in various different ways. But predominantly also with, as I say, these sort of support group, knowledge share groups, or even one-to-one sessions as well, just to give people the opportunity often to offload I would say that that can make a huge difference because often during this time, there's so much going on. We we struggle to digest it all and often the opportunity even to follow on with these supportive measures um, is, a, is a great opportunity for many. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice because all too often people do, you know, even if they go through the process of the consultation and training and discussion before implementing a policy, they then implement the policy and that that's it. They, it sort of sits somewhere on a hard drive or in a drawer and nobody really looks at it again. So, yes, I think to meaningfully introduce something, you need to then follow it up um, on an ongoing basis. So what is the, some of the best practice things you've seen going on? Because I'm sure there are lots of organisations now who are really um, on top of this. What sort of the, the you know, some of the best things you're seeing in practice? Yeah, I'm seeing lots of new things in practice, which is great to see. Um, one thing I'll always ask each organisation is, do you have mental health first aiders? Um, I always believe, you know, that's a, a great asset there. Obviously, organisations often have employee assistance programme and they all have their own individual things. But different things I've seen, I've got, you know, various well-being initiatives going on, which would support anyone as well um, who are perimenopausal and so on. So whether there be mindfulness sessions, whether there be well-being sessions, those are things that I'm seeing implemented now. I'm also seeing organisations providing some form of coaching emotional support for individual employees as well which has been a great thing to see where this is like a sort of a 12-month rolling system where they can take time and the organization a certain amount of money is given to enable them to go and have um, some sort of emotional support so when I'm talking within my um, presentations for for me A really simple thing would have been to go and have some reflexology or um, something like that, which that that would be included within this sort of um, remit, which would just be about time for yourself and time to relax. So there's little things coming in like that with regard to well-being. As I say, general ongoing support in all different formats. Some will have you time where they're also allowing their staff to have flexible working. But around the you time, so maybe that might be you want to, you know, join an exercise class, which doesn't always fit in with the working day. Or again, you want to go and have some headspace. Um, I'm always recommending that everyone has sort of a, a, a well-being room. Uh, a rest room which is separate to you know necessarily a staff room and so on so there's also time to kind of breathe I would say take a moment um, and then you know be able to feel that you can sort of continue with your working day as well so there's various things that the workplace are, are starting to put on which is really positive to see those things you've just described aren't just unique to uh, ladies who are going through the menopause are they they would actually benefit lots of employees even those who who don't have any symptoms or cause for it can actually just help with your your basic mental health and well-being can't it yeah absolutely and funny you should say that because 
also the thing I find that comes out of the presentations and, and they're again not for women who are just going through it. I have feedback from, you know, some there in their 20s, in their 30s saying, oh, my goodness, the thing you spoke about with regard to anxiety, I hadn't thought about, you know, trying that. So it's it's yes, it is about menopause in a lot of it. But the supportive measures the workplace have involved, the work I provide is literally all inclusive for everybody. It might be sort of covering this topic, but all of these things pull in for all different ages and genders. So and at all different times of our lives. So really, really good things to see. Yeah. So by looking at menopause in the workplace in a meaningful way, you can also have additional benefits for helping with your your other staff and staff issues. I think that's a fantastic, some fantastic ideas there to put in place. So what else would you recommend to a business or organisation in relation to looking at menopause? And is there anything um, that you, you haven't covered already that you think actually that's really important that they need to think about? There's the practical, you know, tips, which we'd look at, you know, what they already have in place, whether it's even things like uniform. A presentation I provided recently, it was an organisation whereby there was a uniform and it was a reminder, actually, that they had an unlimited supply of uniform. Now, often a lot of my work, again, it's bespoke to that workplace, but it's reminders of what that workplace already got in place. So an example is, you know, this lady was suffering with sweats during the day she only had two sets of uniform and she said oh my goodness I didn't realize we had an unlimited supply I'm definitely going to get myself some more because you know she was spending her time washing drying re-wearing and so on so sort of really little things like that can make a huge difference and the biggest probably the biggest change I see and it's really only a small one is one that I always recommend which is what I call an emergency supply of sanitary products in workplace toilets and there's various sort of stories behind that. But the biggest thing here is the fact that women can be in work, finding themselves in very sort of difficult situations. And again, not just women who are, you know, perimenopausal, but to have an emergency supply in the toilets. I can't tell you the difference that makes them feel an, on a supportive measure. You know, many women have found themselves in very difficult situations at work in that respect. And then the embarrassment that goes with that, where they've got to find a colleague to help them, they need to get to a chemist, sometimes they've needed to go home. Um, so even just a practical change like that in the workplace can be amazing. But my biggest tip generally is about making this understood. So across the workforce, making this sort of a knowledge share here and, and giving the educational piece. But one of the biggest things I'll always say is actually the ability and particularly for managers simply to listen, not to have all the answers, but to sit and give someone the time to speak and listen to them. Because simply listening can be the most supportive and biggest thing that a lady who's struggling would want. And I, I see that as, as my biggest tip, actually. Yeah, it's really interesting you should say that because I often think that managers tend to avoid conversations, not because they don't care or because they don't want to have that conversation, but because they don't know the answer or they fear that they'll get into a situation where they have to provide an answer or response. But you're right, it's it's okay to listen and say, I don't know how to help you right now, but I know where to go and I'm going to get some help for you. Or like you say, just be a, a listening ear, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely that. And and again, they don't need to have the answers. You know, within the manager training, it's not about giving them all the answers either, but it's about really making them, I suppose, approachable so that, you know, that employee feels they can go to them in, in the first place. And then simply, as we say, to listen, they can signpost later once they've worked out maybe where they need to even signpost. But that first opportunity to have to be listened to in a non-judgmental way can just absolutely lift this weight off of that employee's shoulders. And you'll, you'll see the difference immediately. And what I find interesting, what I'm just been thinking about is over the last six months or so, I've been interviewing various people about certain issues that particularly for women in the workplace, you know, we, we covered off domestic violence, we covered off um, childless women, and now obviously talking about menopause. And actually, the answers are the same for whatever the issue may be, really. It's, it's very, it doesn't have to be complicated or complex or related to that particular issue. They're actually there is a thread that runs through it, isn't there? And it's, it's about communication, about understanding and about listening, essentially. There are so many links through, you know, those topics you've, you've just discussed and people in my network who I discuss what we all talk about, you know, with, with regard to those topics. And we go, these are so similar. It is. It, it's simple. I, I say these are difficult things, really. It's just simple things that provide support. You know, these individuals aren't asking really for anything much. They're just asking to be understood in a non-judgmental way and supported. And I think the other thing is recognising that we've lived in a world which has been dominated by men for so long and the workplace and society are just sort of catching up with actually we are a a gender balanced society and we should be making provision for women just as much as we have done in the past for men so for those people who might be saying oh it's just another thing we've got to deal with for women actually it's something that's been there all this time but never actually been talked about or addressed I think the flip of that I would say as well is for me a lot of the men who attend my talks are there for home life as well so as much as we're talking about the impact on the workplace, I talk a lot about home life within my within my talks because there's such a direct impact between the two. And when I'm also talking to an organisation, I'm also saying within this work, I'm not necessarily saying that you might be managing a, a female going through menopause. What you could be managing here is a partner of a female going through menopause. And he or she is coming into work. That partner is coming into work, wondering what on earth is happening at home, believing that they've got a crumbling relationship. The person that they're living with has changed and they do not understand. I mean, they could also be maybe completely sleep deprived themselves as well. So there's a huge knock on effect to those places to them, which, again, is why menopause needs to be understood by everybody, because it's it's not just about the individual going through it. It's about those closest to her as well. And so some could be managing people in the workplace. They're not even employing the menopausal person. They're employing someone closest to her and managing those sort of uh, the knock on effect as well, which is a real um, sort of eye opener to many as well. And again, something that needs to be considered. No, absolutely. That's fantastic. 
I think this has been really insightful, Nicola, and hopefully provided some great tips and hints to get people started within the workplace. Where can people find you if they'd like to work with you or learn more about you? Certainly they can visit my website, which is www.nicolagreenconsultancy.co.uk. I'm regularly posting all sorts of variety of things on LinkedIn as well, so they can find me there. And everyone in every person and organisation I work with, we always have an initial call, Zoom, Teams meeting to discuss how we could work together. And as I say, I work with the organisations to how they wish to work um, with my guidance. So, yeah, I'd welcome welcome a conversation with anybody who's interesting or or just thinking we need to do this. I don't know how to do it. And um, we don't know how to address this in a comfortable way. So I'm always going to welcome a conversation with anyone having those thoughts. That's fantastic. Thank you. And I'll put a link to all of Nicola's details in the show notes so you can find those directly if you need to. But so thank you. Thank you so much again, Nicola. It's been fantastic to talk to you. And I hope you have a great Christmas and New Year. Yes, thanks so much, Alison. And absolutely same for you as well. Thank you. Now, I'm sure you will agree that that was a fantastic episode highlighting the issues around menopause in the workplace and some of the simple steps that employers can take to deal with menopause and providing a supportive environment for all members of staff. If you'd like more information, you can find all the details in the show notes or on our website, which is realemploymentoradvice.co.uk. If you'd like any support, advice or assistance in relation to HR policies, procedures or anything employment related then we would be pleased to help you my team and I are here to help and support in any way that we can thanks again for listening just want to finalize by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer so I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only it's general review and a general update it's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances so please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast but please do feel free to contact me if you like further information or specific advice.